Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of In That Number. This week we're joined by Freddie from The Ugly Inside. We're going to go through yesterday's trip to West Ham and look ahead to next week's last game of the season at home to Huddersfield. We have the usual news, predictions, fantasy football and all the other babble at the end, including the results of our player and goal of the month for April. I'm your host, Ray Hunt. Follow me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host is at MoscowMush. Follow the show at Number Podcast. Any questions, email us on in that number podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. We're, yeah, Instagram is in that number podcast. If you could give us a review on iTunes too, that would be awesome. You can follow our guest on at the ugly inside and subscribe to their YouTube channel and read all about it on fansnetwork.co.uk. Right then, let me bring in the guys, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton, and our special guest, Freddie, from the ugly inside. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hello, how are you? Yeah, all good. Kev, how are you? All right, yeah, we've just had a, a two-day week because uh, of the uh, uh, bank holiday for International Labour Day, and then we've got a three-day week next week, so, um, yeah, I'm knackered. Hard at work, yeah. What did they say, hardly working? Hardly working. Well, yeah, hardly working. Yeah, we pretend that we're working and they'll pretend to pay us. That's the slogan. I hear you just had a bit of a thunderstorm there as well. Literally, yeah, just as we started to record the podcast, we had a massive thunderstorm that's taken out our internet. So, yeah. Not a good sign there. Right, okay, uh, Freddie. we're, we're all aware of your work. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, could you, um, could you tell us the history of The Ugly Inside and what it is you do? Uh, yeah, I suppose a uh, quick history lesson then. Uh, the Ugly Inside launched in 1988, so began for well over 30 years now, 30 years last year, in fact. Uh, and it started as a paper-based fanzine sold uh, outside the old Dell. Uh, and it used to be stapled together with uh, Clive's hands and his old dear in his living room in the very first days and, and uh, they kept their fanzine in a physical form up until about the year 2000 and then since then uh, it was moved online to the Fans Network website which you see now so it's uh, currently a you know a, a news outlet alongside a forum you know I think we've got uh, thousands of members that are actively on there read the forum read the uh, comments and I suppose for the last uh, three years we have been uh, a YouTube channel, so giving you sort of the, the news, reviews, preview shows, fan reactions, all of that good stuff. 
amazing. Um, how much how much time do you spend on it a week? Uh, it's quite a significant amount of time, actually. It consumes my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, to say the least, you know, I get a bit of stick at home from it as well. So, uh, um, but yeah, I, what I try to do actually uh, to tell a little secret. Hopefully, nobody's listening from my employees. <laughs> I do like to uh, uh, to do edit uh, some of the preview shows and some of the videos at work on the, on the fly uh, <laughs> in a, in a secret room. You know, um, but uh, I like to try and keep the evenings free to, to, to just to spend a bit of time at home. You know, but uh, got into a bit of a structure now. Previous shows are out on Thursday as it, as we sort of build up to the anticipation or the is this anticipation a word <laughs> of the weekend? <laughs> you know. <No. laughs> so uh, you know, actually, we've got uh, quite a great community of Saints uh, podcasters, uh, commenters, analysts uh, that really sort of consumes the average, uh, you know, sort of Saints fans' life now. Excellent. Um, wh- when did you uh, start getting involved with the the Ugly Insights? Uh, yeah, so my background really is video production. That's my degree. I'm a freelancer as well. And yeah, it was only about three or three and a half years ago we we launched the video side, and that's where I've been involved since then, taking sort of um, the lead on the social platforms as well. I mean, to be fair to uh, to Nick and Clive, they're not the best, not the most social media savvy. They're uh, well into their fifties and. Uh, uh, they don't even know how to operate a phone half the time. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, but the content's still there. We're still collaborating, and uh, I suppose it's going from strength to strength. I think we've just reached over 2 million views on the YouTube since the, the launch of the uh, of the channel. Uh, we're, we're just shy of 7,000 subscribers on YouTube, 8,500 followers, and uh, 8, followers on Twitter. Facebook's about 4,000, I think. Twitter's just over 1,000. So, a good kind of uh, exposure we've got going on. That is incredible. Definitely. Um, the fan reactions that are outside the ground, like, um, yeah, I love those little videos. What, what's the, some of the funniest uh, reactions that you've had or some of the most memorable ones? Oh, everybody loves Mike. Uh, <laughs> Ranty Mike, we like to call him. Um, <laughs> um, if you don't like swearing, then please don't watch his videos because um, he, you know, he's not afraid to tell you how it is. Oh, we love that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, everybody loves the ranter. I suppose that's why some of the fan cams across the other football channels are, are quite popular because people love watching ranty football fans. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mike's great. You know, we get we've got a, a few regulars that come and see us, and it's always great to sit, speak to them and um, you know get people coming up to us and saying, "Hey, nice, nice work," sort of thing. So it's good to to see the recognition from from the fan base. That's good. Um, did you get any trouble from any of the away fans at all? Never had any trouble. Uh, we do like to collaborate with the, I suppose, the the, uh, the other kind of fan channel um, uh, in the build-up, and sometimes uh, 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 we head for a pint after the game well, if we can. So, never any trouble. Um, people no, are of, often intrigued. No heated debates going. or anything? No, we do try, do try and keep it civil. I suppose uh, if and when Pompey come up, we'll only see that, uh, that uh, heated debate. No, actually, I just listened to your um, your West Ham show that you had with Matt Markstone, and yeah, I, I was intrigued to actually hear from your from your West Ham fan because last week we were doing our West Ham preview, and I said I was, you know, I wanted to hear from a West Ham fan about their expectations for the start of the season because given all the money that they've spent and how unpredictable they are, I thought mm. it'd be quite interesting to hear from him, and it was a really good interview you had with him. 
well, yeah, thanks, mate. Um, I mean, it's always interesting to hear what the opposition has to say. And, you know, fair play to everybody that stick, stick with it, because the show is half an hour long. Um, I have made it accessible now to, for, for downloads for podcasts. Um, but I always do like to balance the, the, I suppose, the argument or the build-up. So we obviously like to uh, speak about the previous game in the first half of the show, then I do a little thing about away guides and uh, the lack of or their lack of transport available. Um, it's become a bit of a trend on our previous shows. So yeah, this week we've got more engineering works, more strikes, no trains, great. So good luck getting to the game. Um, but it's always interesting to hear what's going on from the opposite fans, and who better to ask than fans themselves, you know, you could you could spend endless hours researching and reading articles, but you want to hear it from the horse's mouth, really, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. I think me, I think me and Kev are going to um, look into bringing away fans onto the podcast next season. Thought that'd be quite interesting, and yeah. Mm. So yeah, listen, listening to what you do has kind of given us the uh, the idea, if you will, to try and do that. All right, excellent. Well, go for it. Cool. Okay, on to the news now. Um, I want to start off with the Franny check, the Iron Fran. A little update. He was forced to pull out yesterday, but I mean, he had swimmers and cyclists and runners who finished the route for him as he arrived back into Hampshire. I think he did. I think I was reading he did did swim a few lengths in Farnborough, um, but he, yeah, he was forced forced to pull out. It's just no recovery time for him, is there? It's just amazing what he's doing. Um, and he's back in business today. Mm-hmm. He completed his two point four mile swim at David Lloyd this morning, um, and I think yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw a video of him running his. Um, his marathon, the Samson marathon he was in. He, uh, Matty joined him as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. not for the full marathon. No, 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 no. It doesn't look like he's up to that. <laughs> well, you know, the fact that he's actually doing that is incredible. It's brilliant. Ah, um, and I think, yeah, he's doing this final 112-mile bike ride across the New Forest before um, yeah, heading back to Guildhall Square this evening. Are you heading down there at all, Freddie? Uh, well, I did actually catch him earlier running around, uh, well, Woodmill which is sort of where up near where I live. Yeah. Um, I, d- I just him up there. He's looking much better, actually, to say. Um, you know, he looks physically exhausted. You can see it from the clips on the social media platforms. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, to do one Ironman alone, let alone to do seven consecutively, it's just superhuman. And to do four, in fact, you know, an incredible achievement. And the money, of course, uh, a great cause to, to raise it for, you know, Cancer Research UK. And he deserves to really smash that one million target. I suppose, as we're speaking, he's reached well over... Uh, nine hundred thousand pounds for cancer yeah, research. So amazing. random thoughts. I think the last time I checked, it was nine hundred fifteen thousand that he was on. So it's amazing. Oh, yeah. so Still can vote. So if you want to, you want to text um, Fran five or Fran ten to seven zero two zero zero. That'd be for a five pound or ten pound donation. So yeah, it's just he's just a hero. Incredible. Mm, absolutely, I second that. And um, you know, I suppose the statistics don't lie. If you're in the UK, it's one in two of every people that are affected by cancer. And I suppose there's also a, uh, a petition. I don't know if you've seen uh, trying to uh, everybody to sign to make uh, uh, make him Sir Francis Bernali. Yeah, Sir Francis. Love that. Moving on, uh, the pre-season tour. So trips to Austria, Dublin, and Macau. Um, what I read was so we start our our camp at Staplewood, and then we head to Austria for a week. Play a friendly against. Uh, C, sorry, SDR Altac. Is that am I Altac? Am I pronouncing that correct, Kev? I'd say Altac. Altac. Okay, on the 14th of July, then back for another week at Staplewood, um, off to Macau for a match where Southampton 11 will play against Chinese Super League side Guangzhou. Guangzhou. Right? Guangzhou. Uh, on the 23rd of July, um, whilst the remainder of the team will uh, head to Dublin for training camp between the 22nd and 26th of July. 
and the Premier League weekend kicks off on the 10th of August. But I think they're going to announce some more pre-season games also. Yeah, I mean, do you reckon there'll be a Dublin fixture then? Uh, I don't Yeah, possibly. But they have to play them at the same time as the, the, the China trip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm quite annoyed by that because um, I'll be in Dublin the week after. <laughs> From really? what I gather... Um, I don't think they're due to play a game in Dublin. They'll be due oh, to fly back on the Friday night, and I expect there to be a, uh, a, a fixture, with likely a championship or league one side on the Saturday. They come back. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, I know they said they were going to announce more, but I didn't know if they were going to bring one in Dublin or not. But just training camp for them. Um, well, yeah, speaking of Ireland, um, Shane Long, he's up for the Premier League uh, Player of the Month for April. Yeah. So you can get your votes in on the Premier League website. Good, well deserved. I've done mine already. Um, yeah, also on the Irish team, Stephen Davis, uh, he's off to Rangers permanently now. Yeah. Um, that's after the six month loan deal that we uh, secured in January. I mean, his contract was running out in the summer yeah, anyway. Yeah, so. we, we knew it was coming, but yeah, good yeah. Him, just officially off the books now. Yeah. yeah. And I've got another piece about um, Yannick Bastergaard ruled out for the rest of the season. Um, Rumour to need a small operation on a groin injury. Mm. Um, and, you know, in the games that he's missed, we've like we've shipped three goals against Newcastle, one against Watford, three against Bournemouth, and now three against West Ham yesterday. Mm. That's ten ten nice, goals in four. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> or is it just because Jack Stevens has been, you know, been put in there? Well, I mean, that, that's, part, that's part of the coincidence, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, I mean, well, OK, if, if Stevens had been partnered with, Jan- with Yannick, would we concede this much? Quite possibly. I think um, Bednarik and... Um, if we're playing a back four, yeah. then, yeah, Bednarik and Vestergaard uh, are probably your best candidates. Yeah, well, I think it's clear that Stevens and Bednarik as a two-man centre-back pair and just is not working. Mm. Yeah, and Yoshi, if it's a three, I, I think that, that's sort of... Yeah, speaks for itself. And yeah. um, just that when we did talk about it on an earlier podcast, but uh, our Euro 2020 qualifier against Qualifo, Qualifo, Kosovo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our qualifier against Qualifo, um, yeah, England against Qualifo uh, on the 10th of September uh, it is going to be at St Mary's. So yeah, that's all confirmed. Okay. And one more thing, Harrison Reed. Uh, yeah, even though he's injured. He has won a uh, new player of the year at Blackburn Rovers. Yeah, they loved him there. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens with him. I, I imagine he's probably going to stay there. Yeah. Um, is there any news that you had to talk about at all, Freddie? Um, I think you've covered it. In fact, um, you know, I do, I do uh, you know, suggest everyone to try various different IPN addresses, IP addresses to vote for Shane Long because he's up against uh, obviously uh, players from the top six. But I think it's just incredible, uh, you know, Shane Long to go from where he was scoring four goals in four managers to what is it, uh, four in five games? Yeah. So yeah. 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 truly four incredible <laughs> transformation. Mm. Okay, so, mm-hmm. so we're going to the West Ham game if we well. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Could just skip through it again, but yeah. Okay, um, so West Ham yesterday lost 3 0. Um, Mark Arnautovic with two and Ryan Fredericks with the third. Starting 11. Okay, Fraser Forster. First appearance uh-huh. since December 2017. 
May the force be with you. <laughs> You're waiting for that, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I nicked it off some of to it, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> formation, 442, well, some sort of 442. It looked like it was 4-2-2. Yeah. But a flat back four anyway. Um, Valerie, Stevens, Bednarik and Bertrand. Midfield of Hoiberg. Lamina, Armstrong, Elianisi. Elianisi returning. Um, Ings mm. and Inform Long. So James Waprowse, Ori Romeo, and Nathan Redmond dropped to the bench. Um, I was quite pleased not to see Felipe Anderson in that West Ham side as well. <laughs> did the in December. Um, Hassan Hill hinted that fringe players could be involved. So I guess the, the players that were included, there's no real, real shock there, right? No, I think we were expecting. I mean, after he, he was on on the bench before, so yeah, I think. Two games, nothing to play for, and I think we can all agree that he probably is going to be moved on in the summer. So yeah, a bit of window dressing there, getting him in the team for the last two games. That was to be expected. Um, El Lucy really launched chance saloon for him, um, and yeah, Armstrong and Lamina put in there. Um, Redmond given a rest. I mean, he's played every match so far, hasn't he? Well, a half rest anyway. Yeah, um, and yeah, same for Ward, Braston, Romain. Uh, so yeah, maybe he wasn't totally confident seeing that lineup, um, especially what we're up against the West Ham. Um, so you, you, so Freddie, you think we're looking to shop um, Forster and Elianusi in the summer? I think so. Um, to be honest, uh, if I start with Fraser Forster, it's great to see him back in the first team, actually. And you can see smiles on, on his face uh, to start playing. You know, we saw suggestions of that last weekend when he was coming off the pitch. It looked like he was happy to be there, happy to be back in the team. And it's the incredible sort of journey that he's been on for being, you know, uh, displaced in that horrific uh, game after Tottenham Hotspur. Mm-hmm. To, to spiralling into, I suppose, what it, what could be suggested as a bit of depression, and to to, to come back to where he is, you know, he's been given the opportunity. McCarthy's been injured, but uh, Fraser's been willing to jump himself back into the team. And is it uh, an opportunity for him to put him in the window? But again, the other question is how how can we offload him with such a high wage bill? Um, I suppose for Elianusi, uh, we haven't seen too much of an influence on, on from him at all this season. Uh, I think the, the, the first the, the game that I remember him playing this season was Derby in the Cup, and he did he did little to suggest any more value or to his to his price tag um, yesterday. Yeah, I, I think you know me speaking from me, I, I think he's failed to meet the goal that I set for him this season. And whenever he has played, he's just been largely invisible. Mm. Um, and I, I guess this game was just confirmation that Ralph Hasenhurtel was right not playing him more often. Um, True. And he knew that, you know, bringing him on now wasn't going to cripple the team with the fact that we're already safe. So, mm. as in the result, didn't really matter. And if Ralph can't get the best out of him, then I'm sure he's at the wrong club. Um, and, uh, uh, do you know, remember, Kev, at the start of the season, I was excited to see him here because yeah. I, I was happy to see Dusan go because I'm... I was just getting frustrated with his cons- inconsistency. I watched a bit of Elianisi for Basel in the Champions League, and I thought, yeah, 16 million quid, we'll have him. Um, but it, it hasn't worked, and you know, I'll eat crow on that one, considering how Tadic is doing this season as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So he, yeah. I've listened back to that recently, and um, 
yeah, you, you're really excited about um, Owen Uzi after seeing him play in the Champions League for Barcelona well against United and the performances he put in there. And yeah, you, I think him and Vesta Club are probably the uh, two you're excited about most. So I didn't really, to be honest, know that much about him. No, and um, I was just putting it down to maybe Mark Hughes wasn't getting the best out of him, but then Ralph <laughs> also hasn't. Mm. And it's not as if Ralph doesn't give these players chances because he is. There's not one mm. player that he hasn't given a chance. And he's just not, not making the most of it. So. I don't think he's right for this club. If you look at, I suppose, Ali Nielsen's performance yesterday, um, for me, he didn't do anything, uh, nor, nor was he an influence. He was, again, sort of largely anonymous, consistently anonymous, and, you know, uh, what, what, what do you do with him? You know, I don't think he's strong enough, he doesn't influence the game enough, and it was, we had actually had a, a little running joke before the game, how quick Ali Nielsen was going to be hooked off yesterday because, you know, the appearance that he has made is either cameos or has been hooked off at half-time or, or you know, at, at, on the hour. So, a friend of mine uh, said he'll be hooked off at half an hour. I called 45 <laughs> minutes at half-time. <laughs> somebody else said 60 minutes. Somebody said 85 minutes. Nobody won their money because he played all 90 minutes. Yeah, I'm amazed that he was like... I mean, I don't know why it was Armstrong coming up in, instead of um, instead of Elmi Lucy because, I mean, he was just constantly losing the ball. Um, he just didn't seem to only when he did lose the ball he wasn't that bothered about getting it back either um, yeah he was making really poor decisions um, with running forward as well and I, I, don't, I, I don't know why he's there well he had that one little effort at the start of the game then we took it over the defender's head and I thought here we go and then mm. his shot was you know uh. mm. <laughs> but yeah like you say well, what do we do with them I mean you, you can't I mean, we're not going to get our money back for him, what's he? Sixteen million pounds. You know that's that's lost. And, but who's going to want him now with the performances that he's been putting? <laughs> there isn't an answer to that question. No, exactly. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with him now. Um, but anyway, on to the game. Um, Joe West Ham have won more home games against Southampton than anyone else since the Premier League started. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so talk, let's talk the game. Let's 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 break down where it went wrong. Should we take one goal each? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's just. Um, I'll start you off with the, with the Valerie. Um, sloppy in possession oh. led, to the, led to the opener from, from Arnautovic. You know, could you see that goal coming? Um, well, yeah, when Valerie gives the ball away that cheaply, Mark Noble just jumps on it. Um, I just saw a kind of action replay from the, um, the match the previous week against Bournemouth where the, that counter-attack was just waiting to happen. And yeah, and I, and I just took that chance. First time Stevens just loses him. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that Anansovic was supposed to be Stevens' man. But um, yeah, <laughs> again, run, run straight through and it was just a, an easy shot, really. Yeah, it was a gift, wasn't it? Just started. I think if you look at the uh, the error that led to the goal, it was almost a carbon copy of Jack Stevens' error um, at, at Bournemouth. Well, this time, it w- right, yeah. yeah, for the for the Bournemouth game. I mean, this time it was fatal. Um, it was catastrophic to say the least. And I suppose we all love we all love a scapegoat at the moment. Stevens seems to be seems to be the flavour of the month. Um, and I suppose that that mistake from Valerie was straight out Jack Stevens' uh, uh, mistakes handbook. But um, <laughs> we're, we're going to give Valerie the benefit of the doubt because he's had such a good season. You, you know, he's so young as well. But if he keeps on doing it consistently, then yes, of course. But you know, he doesn't make many mistakes like that. He was quite poor against West Ham in the home fixture as well, from what we saw of him. Yeah, I think we all were. I think everybody was in that West in that uh, home West Ham game though. Apart from Redmond. <laughs> wow, yeah. 
Um, so, the, the, the first half was pretty poor in general, wasn't it? I don't think we, we registered a shot on target in that first half. Well, the story of the match is that we only just got one on target, and again, well, it, was did, Nathan, yeah. it was Nathan mm. Redmond's, uh, albeit a speculative effort. Mm. Um, I suppose the trajectory almost got to look like it was going over the bar, but... Mm. Uh, one shot on target tells the entire story of the influence of the strikers and the, and the attacking players in the final third uh, yesterday. You know, I think we were, we were afraid to take our opportunities. Yeah, and it was, it was that that Ings, well, Ings come off, didn't he, for Redmond? Yeah, yeah. yeah so Redmond comes on that's it, and he put, in, instantly put himself in a scoring position. Um, it's just he's just showing how important he is, and I just hate to think. I mean, I think I gave this question to Matt Markstone uh, when we were on his show that. If he gets injured, where are we? <laughs> um, well, yeah, we're fucked, to put it lightly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's our um, top scorer at the moment. Um, Ings and Long, I mean, you've got half a player each there. Um, but I don't know, I think, I, I still feel that he's not maybe not quite the complete player he could be. I mean, I think we might even see um, an even better player next season if he can get his decision-making down. Mm. Um, then I think he could be a, a, just a machine. But, yeah, we need, we need other players around him that are going to fit in properly. And I don't know. Um, Ings, when he's fit, great. But, I mean, we just we don't have a, a proper centre-forward, you know? No. How, how many games can we actually guarantee Danny Ings to be fit? Um, you know, we're, we're, we will be paying nearly best part of 20 million for his signature um, in the summer. Nathan Redmond, I think actually uh, Ralph has unlocked his pot- potential this season. Uh, we saw, uh, I suppose, glimmers of it under Mark Hughes being the man to get up to the final third, creating the space and actually taking the players on with confidence. But since Ralph has been in charge, Ralph, uh, Redmond has been on to another level, scoring so many goals, being influenced for the assists. And it's important, uh, I think... It's important that we also tie him down to a long-term contract, protect our asset, I suppose, and uh, equally, I think we need another player that has his influence, or at least uh, uh, duplicates his, his uh, influence on the other side of the pitch. Sure, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's the key. Getting some getting some help up there for him next season will be will be crucial. And as you say, if we get that natural goal score that that we we need, you know, who knows where we can go next season? Um, second goal, uh, Forster didn't really cover himself in glory there. No. A bit rusty. Yeah, quite, quite possibly. I mean, just managed to send it straight to Arnautovic and yeah, just um, begging him to head it back in. So yeah, in one it was a fairly poor mistake. But yeah, I think we can maybe put it down to the fact that he hasn't been in the first team um, this season or last season, really. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe to be expected. Mm. I, I want to give Fraser Force some credit yesterday, actually. Um, uh, I think he made some, some comfortable saves, as you would expect a goalkeeper to get down to some of those shots earlier on. And I think it's quite unfortunate in that second goal, um, he, he parries it literally into the only position on the pitch where Arnautovic has stood. It bounces up. <laughs> the, problem, the problem that I have is that the, when the ball goes up, he's unchallenged and he nods it in quite easily. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm guessing that you know, it's obvious that the defence didn't help him out, so I'm not going to lay all the blame at him. I'm just thinking that, yeah question marks but then I, I you know I let it go because of the because of the rust yeah I think maybe if we had had a man at, at that post there um, mm. it could have been cleared but yeah it's the way we defend these days I suppose mm-hmm. um, yeah and then the the killer third goal pretty what a couple of minutes straight after the second one um, 
Stevens. <laughs> not, you get nutmegged? Uh, yeah, well, it was the one-two around Lamina, and Stevens was just not strong enough. It's just not good enough. But, uh, mm. And that, that was it. Three 0 game over. Heads down. What, what you know? What what to play for? I think Arnautovic almost had a hat trick at you know near that point. Also, could have had. You fancied that free kick, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, that that hat trick chance. Stevens was clueless there. He may as well have not even been there. It was he was just not close <coughs> enough, not quick enough. You know, I, I feel like this podcast is turning into a let's let's see what Stevens has done this week. Mm. It's like off Jack fucking Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> but that was it. Three 0 Was there was there not enough passion out there? We did see a bit of it um, when Redmond came on at half time. Um, um, yeah, we seemed to sort of perk up a bit, and um, yeah, yeah, pretty much from the off, yeah, we had a shot block there, mm. and we had a, a string of corners that um, I mean, we should be scoring if we're getting what? How many was it? Like seven, six or seven cor- uh, corners? Seven corners, yeah. Um, um, yeah, most of them were in the first twenty minutes of uh, the, the first half. We should be getting something from that, but then we just tailed off after that. We've hardly uh, scored a goal from a corner this season, and ironically, the person to score from that corner was Jack Stevens uh, <laughs> in the Cardiff yes, yes, game. Right. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we're severely lacking some of that strength and, and that actual presence in the box. You know, when we had Font and Van Dijk in, in on the corners, we knew at least one of those would be charging for that ball. Mm. Um, I, I don't think any of our defenders are really sort of throwing themselves at the ball to charge across the defenders and and, and one of those piercing bullet headers. We haven't seen any of those in a couple of years, and. I suppose if we touch back on the the, the, the third goal, I think Jack Stevens at six and sevens. So I think he seems to be the flavour of the month that we like to uh, you know like to hate. Um, questions could be asked about Fraser Forster. Was he slow to get down? The old cliche like we did two years ago. But um, I think it's also is it the third game in a row that a striker has scored two or more against mm. us? Yeah. So it is. Yeah, and I, I, I mean we've had countless times where players have been in the goal drought. Um, Arnautovic hasn't scored since January. Um, he just seems that his heart wasn't in it. He's, he's like Van Dyke, you know, he want, wants out. He wanted that big money deal to go to China. Um, fans don't seem to be liking him. And um, yeah, who better to, uh, to break that goal drought than against Saints? <laughs> we see it throughout this season all the time. Yeah, that does tend to happen, doesn't it, against us? Okay, so did this did this result really really matter too much to you, or is it you know? You're just ready for this season to be over now. Um, well, yeah, for me, um, I didn't expect it much from it. Um, as my prediction showed last week, I wasn't expecting us to win it. I think with us safe now and not really much to play for, I mean, there's only a position up or down that we can move now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really expecting much. We know that West Ham are a good team. We know that they, they can beat us. And yeah, we've just got the goal Huddersfield left. Uh, to maybe save a little bit of face before the close of the season. Well, the highest we can finish now is 15 for the win against Huddersfield, bearing that uh, Burnley lose on their final game. Yeah. Um, I think optimistically a lot of us hope to get a point, um, but I suppose when the, when the team lineup came out, I think we were all a bit disappointed. But yeah, I suppose it was, uh, it, you know, he did suggest that early in the midweek uh, he said that fringe players would be given the chance, but. Um, it's, it's, it's often sort of the same mistakes that are letting us down. I think we, we, it's obvious that we, we need a leader. Um, we didn't see too much of that from Hoiberg uh, yesterday. And I think uh, it's obvious that the three at the back seems to be working better than we do at the four. I think Stevens 
and Bednarak is, is not the right option. Um, they look lost, I think, working together. They don't know when to commit, and, if they, and, and even when one commits, doesn't they both commit at the same time and, and exposing so much space in behind. Or often they're going far too wide to, to cover the space from the fullbacks. That's almost, you could say, that's what led to the first goal, where Noble just found the space right in between them both, and all he has to do is just slot it past Forster. Would you rather have put a uh, target in um, in a sort of left wing back row and have Bertrand there in the back three? Then I think so. I think it was. I think we we saw a, a much improved performance when we saw Bertrand filling that uh, left centre back against Bournemouth. Yeah, that's I right. Think there he was stepped in, didn't he? Yeah, as the uh, centre back there. Yeah. I think it was, there was more progression, more, uh, I suppose, um, threat going forward, and also gave us the opportunity for the overlapping runs in Valerie and Target that day. Uh, amazing goal, obviously, last weekend from Valerie to Target, but we, we missed the width uh, this weekend. You know, I think Matchaday pointed out that uh, we saw a lot of underlapping runs rather than our overlapping runs, and if you ever go to London Stadium, it's one of the widest pitches in the league, mm-hmm. and yet we were, we were playing so narrow, and, and it was just so congested. We weren't exposing the space on the, on the wide areas of the pitch. Often we want to see Bertrand overlap on Redmond, and often we want to see Valerie overlapping on whoever it is on the right hand side. Didn't see any of it yesterday. Uh, just, just, just acres of space. Mm. Um, I'm going to hit you with, with a few stats. Um, possession, 43%. I, I, honestly, I thought it was going to be lower than that. Um, <laughs> shot 17 to 11 uh, in favour of West Ham but like you said before just one shot on target and clear cut chances none nothing mm. Fabianski Fabianski was poor with the ball actually um, he made a couple of errors but we never tested him really apart from that as you said that long range effort from, from Nathan Redmond but other than that yeah just a, a nothing performance and I'm Quite honestly, I'm quite ready for the season to be finished, just because I'm so excited about the summer and what we could, you know, what we could possibly do. Um, man of the match for you guys? Difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Clutching at straws. Yeah. It's kind of maybe least awful man of the match. I mean, there are a few players that um, a bad bunch, yeah. didn't register in my bad books. So, um, yeah, Hoiberg and and Long and Ings. Um, didn't really do anything to, to piss me off. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Redmond only played um, like 45 minutes, so I'm, I'm not sure I can give it to him. I mean, out of our back line, um, Bednarik was probably the, the better of them. Um, Armstrong, I was disappointed when he came because I thought he was doing a lot better than El Lucy. So I suppose one, one of them... I mean, can I give it to Bednarik? He's letting three goals. Um, <laughs> yeah. Armstrong did have four shots off target. I mean, uh, it's a tough one. Well, I'm going to give it to Redmond just because we played in that spell at the start of the second half was the best spell of the game. Um, so the, the you know he made the impact that we could if we were going to score it was going to come through him. And you know, like I said, he's showing us how important he is. But then I did notice that that Hoiberg, yeah, he wasn't awful. Um, he had the most passes and the most touches, um, but I think Redmond, for the short time that he was on the field, deserves deserves the nod from me. I'd go with that as well. In fact, um, it, it, it's, it's exposing how you know how the, the, the how less oh, I suppose the lack of strength or depth that we have in the squad. Nathan Redmond comes on to 45 minutes of the game, totally changes the complexion, I suppose, in our approach. Uh, albeit we did score, we did concede two more goals in that second half, but we looked more progressive under Redmond. We had more ideas. 
Um, but weren't helped by the rest of his team. You know, you could say that half of them were on the beach, were not interested. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I'm I'm exhausted from this season. You know, the the highs and lows and and good knows what else. Uh, and like I said, I think I'm quite excited just for the next yeah. step we do next for for next season. It is, it is a relief not to be still involved in a in a relegation battle. So that's we can take that off. So yeah, I just like I said, that's why I'm I'm just ready for the season to be done with now. Um. Sorry, Kev, who was your man of the match at the end? Oh, God, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm t- totally with you guys. This, this season has taken it out of me. Um, it, you know, I, re- I really agree with you that um, that Redmond did make a difference. But, um, uh, again, we did let in two goals. And Armstrong, when he came off, um, that's when we started to um, completely lose, lose, lose faith and let in those two goals. So I'm probably going to give it to Armstrong. OK, nice. Right, OK, so... Huddersfield next week, Sunday the 12th. It's a 3 pm kickoff. As we know, Huddersfield have already finished bottom. There's nothing they can do that, that's going to change that now. 14 points, 3 wins, 28 losses, a goal difference of minus 54. It's been a, it's been a tough season for them. I think their leading goal scorer is Grant with, them, with 4. Um, I think wow. they're, they're out of their depth this season. It's just been tough. And as we speak, they're. Oh, they've just equalised against Man United. Well, no, no way. Just as I said that, yeah, they've just put it past De Gea. Um, so it's 1-1 uh, at the moment. Who's called there? Um, I don't know who it was. It's going to be Grant. Grant just no, says no, 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 whoever number 18 is. I don't know who he is. My Huddersfield knowledge is poor. Benza. 18. Benza. Is it? Okay, well, that was the, that was the guy. It was from a counter as well. They just, they just kicked the ball out straight away. Um, United defence sleeping. Yeah, keeper. That's the keepers. He just booted that straight out. United are sleeping, and then yeah, one-one. Anyway, gone off track. Um, <laughs> it's very much on track. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, playing Man United today. Um, it's their last home game, and it's last home game in the Premier League. It's probably for a while. I don't think they're going to be back up next season. No. I, you know, th- I don't know what to do about this game next week. It's like party time, fancy dress. Let's have some fun. Enjoy it. Go get a result for the fans. And as I say, hopefully Burnley, we mentioned this before, Burnley, hopefully they can lose um, at home to Arsenal so we can jump them. I know it's only for extra £2 two million pounds in prize money. But I'm thinking that maybe Forster and Elianusi need to start again. Mm. And I'd love to see Big Fraze get a, get a clean sheet. Um, are you guys like expecting a similar sort of lineup, or are you thinking we're going to go for this? Um, well, I think I think we're going to have to. I still I still think there's there's something riding on it, you know. That, that there's the we, we don't want to mm. yeah, and uh, we don't want to embarrass ourselves in front of the home fans against uh, like possibly the worst Premier League sides. I mean, it's only really them and, and Derby from um, Yonks ago, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we've, we've we've definitely got to put a good side out. I, I think. Um, I don't see why we shouldn't uh, put Forster in goal. Um, yeah, whilst he didn't cover himself in glory, I mean, he showed that he, he, he can stop him still. Um, just, I, I wouldn't put Ari Lucy in there. You think he's done? I think that's it for him, yeah. Um, I really didn't rate him at all. Freddie. I think that... Um, I think it's important that we, we do finish strongly, give something for the for the home support to, to go off into the summer, and it'd be... It'd be disappointing to, to to finish with a whimper, but all of the effort that we tried and, and some of these great wins over the last couple of months ago, 
um, to finish with a whimper against the rock bottom side would be a bit of an anticlimax. So I think it is important to play the strongest available team. And with that being said, I think Alinusi shouldn't deserve a start. Um, I hate to say that. Um, but so I think Forster, give him another chance, see how we get on. And I think we need to see Ward Price back in the team. Mm. And stick Redmond in there as well because mm. uh, him and Bertrand well, I think they, they work beautifully together yeah, I don't know I, I like the idea of um, having Redmond as an ace up your sleeve just to alright we're not doing very well I can be afford to let's, let's bring him up well as I say but if you're if you're going for that 15th spot then no but it, it depends but then you do think that Ralph is not like that he's you'd like to think that he's going to get his players up for this and say look go give those fans something to cheer about last one Let's let's go out on a high um, I, I think is it my turn to go first on the predictions this week, Kev? Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, that's good because I am going to go for a Fraser Force if I get a clean sheet and okay. Saints two 0 win. Oh, okay. Um, that was mine as well. Ah. <laughs> I was going to say that too. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the beauty of this podcast is that that, that is possible. Um, we can all go to them. Um, I'm going to stick with Tina. I think that's what's, what's, what's going to be. Well, okay. Uh, and everyone's going to now? Let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, right, so... <laughs> I've just realised that that means you've won. <laughs> I, no, I don't think it does, does yeah, it? It does, yeah. Um, uh, predictions uh, of the season, Kev. Um, so, we both said that West Ham are going to win 2-1, but I felt I, I had to catch up. I had to catch up on the... Um, on the on the scores, so I went for a one-one. I'm just forcing these results to try and catch you, and it's backfired. Um, mm. So I've lost this now. Um, so why, why not I just say seven-nil Huddersfield? Doesn't, it doesn't <coughs> really matter. Um, well, hang on. Um, <laughs> so what are the scores? Well, with because you went for a West Ham win and I went for a draw, so you picked up two points, I picked up none. So it's fifty-five fifty to you. So it's a five-point with one game to go. We need to go different, and we're going same. So, well, there, there is. We did agree at some point that um, uh, our predictions at the beginning of the season um, for whoever wins the title, the Premier League title, and um, uh, where Spain to finish oh, okay. as well. Um, they're worth five points each. Oh, okay. I didn't, um, didn't realise that. Okay, well, we can put those in as well because we've gone different on them. We uh, we did. I mean, you said fourteenth. I said sixteenth. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, <laughs> if we finish 15th we get uh, we both get nothing yeah um, but City are definitely in that type of race so I, I did say Liverpool and it's gone down to the wire on that so I think there's definitely all to play for ok well nevertheless um, at the moment scores remain for the season 55-50 to you wow I, I didn't see that coming no I didn't see that coming I mean I've I've been ahead like 90% of the season and I dropped it with three games to go it's um it's quite a sprint yeah, it's horrible. Um, fantasy football this week. Okay, so um, this week there's still four games to go in the game week, um, but so far Marcus Fanshawe has got 43 points, so he seems to be our weekly leader. Um, Craig Harris is just running away with it at the top of the league. He's got 2,119 points from his shaming all of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ray, so far you've picked up 37, which is that's not, not, not too bad. I think I've got something similar. 43, I've got my bench boost down because I forgot to use it. Um, uh, yeah. And um, Freddie, you've got quite a, a good 
good team there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how many did you say is on top of your league? It was 2,119. Oh, well, I've currently got 2,159 points well, hey. on the 59 on, on FPL. Um, do you know what? I, I've had an absolute stinker for the last few weeks because I... Um, I think I changed. I, I played. I think it was a double game week, and I accidentally played my uh, my card to to transfer all of the, the entire team. Um, I think it was a wild card to, to change the entire team, um, but I should have played the free hit, which oh, yeah. reverts back to the team that you had before. So I played in the wrong way round, and I've actually had a couple oh. of stinking weeks. So I was doing well in our in our league in our uh, in our ugly inside FBL league. I was I was in the top ten up until about four or five weeks ago. Then I played that wrong card, and now I'm down to 27th out of... Well, I mean, it's not too bad. We've, we've still got, uh, I think, over 300, 400 people in the league, so not too bad. That's pretty good, but yeah. That's pretty good. The, the person on top is currently on 2,342 points in our FPL. Um, wow, wow, wow. That's brilliant. I, I've had a shocker for, for the last nine months, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hasn't. I, I, fantasy football is not my thing. I just do not do well. I just, uh, I don't know. You've been insisted on having uh, Danny Ings as captain throughout all his injuries. I have not. No, 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 no. I have not <laughs> had Danny Ings as my captain. I've had Danny Ings in my team all year, but I've had have had Harry Kane as my captain, even though he's injured. Mm. <laughs> um, and I had Mo Salah as vice captain, so that, that's that's works all right. But as I say, next year I'll be back with a vengeance, and I think we need to kind of like. Make a rule. I, I like I said to you, just me and you, Kev. We need to have like a a spine of Saints. We need to have a, right. a you know at least three players from Saints at every single game. Just a Ooh, okay, yeah, okay. I thought I might kind of I can agree to that. Okay, that's cool. Um, well, I do have to announce our um, in that number podcast league uh, manager of the month for April uh, with a two hundred eighty-eight points. It goes to Harris Tangerman. So yeah, he's picking up all, all the. All the awards this this, yeah. this time. Well, uh, Matt Matt picked it up last last month. I he? did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think he's pretty much done it now. Okay. Um, Golden Player of the Month for April results. Yeah, so we put out a kind of like a, a, a little jokey poll because uh, um, yeah, from going from four goals under four managers to four goals in four weeks, Shane Long deserved his um, his own Golden Month poll, um, which was obviously won by his record breaking. 7.69 second goal against Watford with 85% of the vote. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other ones, they, they weren't bad goals at all. Um, but yeah, when we put him up against uh, our other four contenders, uh, Reverend's uh, second goal against Wolves. Yeah. Um, the means against Newcastle and Matt Target's header against Bournemouth. Um, yeah, he still dropped it with 47% of the vote. Oh. I thought it would have been a bit higher than that. But then again, they weren't crackers this week, uh, this month. Yeah, I say it wasn't the most spectacular um, finish compared to um, to Lamina or that um, brilliant play that led up to the target header. But uh, just for its status as uh, the fastest Premier League goal, I think it deserves it anyway. And China also picked up Player of the Month with 75% of the vote. Uh, he saw off Yannick Vestergaard uh, with 5, uh, Redmond with 13, and Hoiberg with 7. So, yeah. Well done, Shane. I hope he, he gets Premier League uh, gets the Player of the Month as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so I want to discuss with both of you guys, because um, next week we're going to give 
the results of our goal and player of the season. So I would like to discuss the candidates with both of you. So um, I want to try and whittle it down to four players and four goals throughout mm-hmm. the season. Um, I'll start with you, Kev. Um, well, do you want me to go first or, would, or do you want to uh, tell me your players? Up to you, mate. All right, well, I'll go for the players that I've picked. The four players in my shortlist, I've gone for, obviously, Nathan Redmond, mm-hmm. James Ward-Prowse, okay. uh, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg and Danny Ings. Okay, interesting. All right. Um, yeah, I think predictably we can all we can all agree that Redmond's been the standout player throughout the season. Um, Hoiberg's been a solid solid captain all the way through. Um, and yeah, Prowse as well. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, the, the fourth spot is a, is a question mark. And I have a feeling I, I don't know. For Valerie. I was going to say Jan Bednari because oh, okay. um, I think there's only two players that have been consistently good all season under under both under Mark Hughes and Ralph Hasenhutter. Um Redmond um, yeah, only was great under Hughes and even better under Hasenhutter. Um Hoiberg, yeah, again um, great under Hughes, become captain under Hasenhutter. Um but yeah, Prowse, the beginning of the season, he was left in the doldrums and um, has come out of the woodwork to become just a staple in the side. Um, and I suppose you could say the same for Jan Bednarek as well in the back line. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Danny Ings, he's our top, top goal scorer. That's, that's why season. I put him in there. I thought for his goals at the start of the season, you know, and, you know, especially what he did against Arsenal. I'm not just I'm not just basing it on one game, but the goals that he scored earlier. I know he's going for a bit of a try. He's had a lot of injury concerns, but I, I just think that he deserves it. And I also think if there was, if Hassan Hertel moving forward was going to do the four four two or the four at the back, then I don't think all being fit, Bednarak would would be, would be the one that that starts. Do you not think so? No, I think it's Yoshida Vestergaard. Mm. Okay, where does he stand, Freddie? I think the three obvious candidates are Nathan Redmond, Pierre Hoiberg and, and Ward Prowse. That goes about saying. But I think it's also important to point out that there are probably a handful of players that were in the dark under Marcus, Bednar up being one, Romeo being another, and uh, God, who, who else was there? Uh, but those, those two in, in particular were, were certainly in the dark. And, they, and they've come out, proved himself, become uh, a staple in the first team. I think Angus Gunn could be a candidate as well. You know, good second half of the season, done well that since the turn of the year. I think it's obvious he's going to be number one next season. Uh, and obviously Danny Ings because of it, because of the statistic of 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 the uh, of the goals that he scored this season. Um, difficult to choose between the, the first three, and I think the final one is really just a a filler. Yeah. Um, let's be honest. Um, I think I'm going to go as far as putting. Uh, let's go Romeo, go left field. Wow. Okay, so we got mm. got three different fourth place candidates. That's good. Interesting. Okay. Um, and goal a little bit more difficult. Oh God. Uh. Okay. Well, I'll I'll give you my four. Um, okay. My first one is Hoiberg's against Brighton in September. Yeah. Long range, low strike. It was just brilliant. It was just. It was just wasn't expected it, I didn't expect him to hit the ball from there um, but yeah brilliant strike um, the next one I'm going to go Valerie against Man United and that's probably going to be my, my winner that was just incredible yeah. um, and then I've got James Ward-Prowse against Man United the free kick and the free kick against Spurs so two Ward-Prowse uh, Jan Valerie and Hoiberg also I mentioned Cedric's against Man United was incredible as well but uh, yeah 
I think Hoiberg, Valerie, and both Ward Prowse. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, my my four um, were Bertrand's against Leicester early on in the season. That that was a, that was a, a scream. Um, Hoiberg's is against Brighton is comparable. Um, and of the three three free kicks, I felt I had to choose one of them. And just going by the way I felt after he scored at Cedric's against United. Mm. Um, and yeah, for a, a fourth one, uh, uh, Valerie's against Man United, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that was just, just, just unreal. I, mean, I, liked, um, I liked Bertrand's against Leicester as well. I liked, I think it was Redmond's against Burnley was a good one. But I, I mean, <laughs> I was trying not to select three kicks. So that's probably why I put the the Hoiberg one in there. But I've got three, uh, two free kicks and two wonder strikes. So I have. To I think a kind of cl- close stragglers. I mean, um, yeah, Prowse's uh, free kick against Spurs. Mm. Um, just just the length of it and the importance of it as well. It, yeah, yeah, the winning goal. So yeah, and logs against Watford, obviously, just as a, a record holder. But I mean, yeah, it's technically maybe not one of the best for. I think we're actually. I think we're blessed actually with this season. We've quite a few fantastic goals. I mean, last season or so, we're scraping the barrel. I think the only one of note really last season was Buffal's individual <laughs> run to slightly away. But this season, I think we've got at least half a dozen that we can we can call on. I think obviously the three that you've mentioned there, Valerie and, and both War Prowse and or even in fact four. A Hoiberg strike at Brighton, but I think it's also important to highlight the other goals that Hoiberg has scored. If you remember back in uh, September, Hoiberg's counter attack yep. in our first away game of the season, that was a really nice, nicely worked goal yeah, and, and put all the yeah. pressure that we had at the time really sort of uh, gave us a bit of hope. But uh, that was the only one that we actually saw under Mark Hughes. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, I think you know you've got to look at Hoiberg's goal against Man City as well, uh, just after Christmas. Uh, a brilliant goal, and in fact, I personally love headed goals. So the headed goals against Arsenal yes, could be the could Ings be goal. Um, yes, yeah. Ings goal or even Charlie Austin's on the back post as Leno clutches that thin air. Yes. Um, so that, uh, <laughs> that's that's my personal preference. Is I love headed goals, but I think for the sheer technique, or Prowse, it, both of the free kicks, uh, both carbon copies. In fact, mm, we can um, each other. Exactly, um, and and you know for the strike that Valerie did at Old Trafford in the uh, the platform of Old Trafford, the circumstances seventy five thousand people uh, for a young lad to do that against De Gea, one of the best it seemed in the world, um, is is fantastic. But I think um, it's going to be close this season, uh, the closest we've seen in, in quite a few years. Well, we've still got a job to do, Kev, to whittle down to four. So we're going to have a. Uh, big discussion in um, early part of the week, I think, about what should go on the poll. Yeah, yeah, I think we might even need more than one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice so problem to have, though. You might have to do a round robin tournament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bad, Free yeah. kicks versus uh, open <laughs> play goals. Mm. Okay, um, Kev, you've got a Russian phrase for me this week. Okay, so yeah, we've got, th- we've got three of them. Um, uh, this one, uh, I'll, I'll just re- I'll read out the phrase and you can repeat it. All right. So the first one is um, basically an evaluation of the performance yesterday, mm. uh, and that is uh, Gavno, which is shit. 
<laughs> okay, so Gavno. Gavno. That sounded. Gavno. Gavno. <laughs> Gavno. Okay. Um, I'll give you an alternative um, assessment of his day performance. This is just weak, so slabber. 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 All right, and uh, now, now for the big one. Uh, because we were playing on Star Wars Day, <laughs> and uh, we've got a big phrase in the goal. So yeah, um, yeah. May the force be with you. Would be Dapri Budget Vami Sila. No way. Dapri Buet It Vami Sila. Aha. Dapri Budget Vami Sila. What? Dapri Budet Vami Sila. That's amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Freddy's a secret Russian spy. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right then. Oh yes. Um, have you got anything else you want to add this week, Ken? Uh, that, that's it. I think I've tortured you enough. Yeah, you certainly have done that. Um, yeah. Thanks to Freddie for taking the time um, to talk to us today. As I said before, you can follow the Ugly Inside on Twitter at the Ugly Inside, and make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channel um, and find him on Instagram as well. So, yeah, thank you for coming on, Freddie. It's, it's amazing that you took the time to do this. That's great to speak to you. Um, you know, uh, going from strength to strength, um, starting to listen to podcasts now. It's starting to become, become part of my uh, weekly routine of listening to every podcast. So it's great to hear from you, and you know, keep up the good work. Thank you very much. And yeah, I'll um, I'll make a point of um, listening to the Ugly Inside every week because um, I did enjoy this morning's episode. It was um, it was really good. All right, great stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. Cheers, mate. It's it's, it's an honour. Um, yeah, we we love everything that you do, and um, yeah, wish you uh, all all the best of luck for next season, and look look forward to hearing from you. And I hope it's a good one. All right. Yeah, it'd be good to uh, you know catch up for a beer as well, maybe for, uh, for next weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'll be up for that. Oh, sure. Um, a little bit of a, a long journey <laughs> over for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, I'll send one in the post, Kev. All right, yeah, see how, see how that goes. But now when I'm over, um, definitely I'll always make a point of um, watching as, as many matches as I can when I'm over. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, last time you were over, we got hammered by West Ham, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope, um, well, I mean, I did see the Boxing Day fixture uh, against Arsenal where we, we thumped them 4 0, so I can't be that much of a, a terrible talisman. Mm. <laughs> okay, right, um, on that note, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network.